like Trey would say, rock and roll baseball. I guess so. I guess <laughs> I've, so. Never, I've never heard that, but yeah. uh, uh, let's go. Swing this under the arm. That's right. Oh, you already have some in your cup? I, know, I have some water in here that I was drinking. Uh, I need to finish that first. Gotta stay hydrated. Yeah, I guess I'll go first. Well, folks, uh, we have something. Uh, we have a fun coffee. Um, a part of it is I just got back from San Francisco. Actually, it was not just San Francisco, which we will get into that shortly. Um, it was the entire West Coast, almost the entire. That's crazy. Didn't think it was almost the entire West Coast. Mm. Um, up from Bellingham, Washington, all the way down to San Francisco. But yeah, a lot of great coffee around San Francisco. Um, but there was a small little multi-roaster cafe. It was called Ain't, uh, Ain't Normal or Not mm. Normal. I think it was Ain't Normal Coffee. And what do you expect? What kind of coffee do they have? Uh, Ain't Normal yeah. Coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, Anaerobics, I wasn't even thinking about that. Naturals. I was trying to come up with something smart. It was all yeah. the geishas. It was all the, yeah. the bonker coffee. So, um, yeah. I picked up a bag. So I was like, why not? Are you sure this isn't the same coffee that Corvus is serving? They're both Colombian. Oh, I don't so know. So similar. It's yeah, it's very similar. Except I know what you paid for this versus what I heard. Uh, the Corvus one is maybe I'm wrong. I need to double check the website, but the Corvus one was significantly cheaper in they price. A, they have a lot of the similar qualities. Mm-hmm. That like that barrel aged flavor. I don't yeah. know what it is. It's, it's like, like a, a barrel. liqueur, like a yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it's sweet. Um, yeah. It's kind of boozy. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. it's whiny. It's not whiny. It's not whiny. No. It's more of that like that rich barrel aged. Yeah. But it's also it has a lot of those like. Those classic like fruity aftertones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit of like it's like darker berries. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's like a classic natural to a degree. Yeah, I kinda like that barrel aged twist on it. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives it a little more complexity than the classic natural, which, you know, call me out, sure, whatever. But I think that I think a lot of which they've gotten better, and a lot of people in the industry have said that. But mm-hmm. naturals have gotten better over time, yeah. where before it was just like fermenty, fermenty, boozy, boozy. Just it's almost like you're you're tasting like like really badly brewed like kombucha. Yeah, yeah. Which just like over fermenty, like mm-hmm. it's it's cool, it's funk, you know, but yeah. it's just over fermenty. Which naturals have gotten a lot better, uh, but I still think that a lot of them lack uh, complexity and clarity. Yeah, like it'll just be like a bomb, like hits your face, and then you're like, yeah, cool, like mangoes. Um, yeah, but I also think because this coffee is anaerobic natural, right? I think so. I think so. I don't yeah. know. I think the anaerobic process has helped um, a lot of the clarity 
show up in naturals. Because I think before when naturals were exposed to the elements a little more than like anaerobic, that's more Could contained. I don't know. I'm At this point, I'm just guessing yeah, and yeah. assuming. I Could don't have be. any proof, but that's what yeah, more my thought more is. more monitored yeah. than just being left out in the elements. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm enjoying this, but don't know if I can do this as a daily yeah, drinker. Yeah, it's a daily drive. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty, it's juicy. I kind of like yeah. it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually enjoying this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the grind size actually is first time brewing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the grind size was like mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's fun. I actually, uh, that being said, not only did I just come back from my trip, but also um, I was just at Proud Mary this morning. Dang. Oh, man. First off, from Bellingham, from Portland to Bellingham, it took almost seven hours of driving. And it's normally what, a four? Normally, with no traffic, you can do four hours. Maybe a little over four hours. It took seven hours. Dang. So much traffic. It was so rough. Like, I'm like, it felt exhausting. Where was the hotspot? South of Seattle, north of Seattle? Anywhere from. Like south of Tacoma to okay. Everett. That entire strip. It was like there was some pockets that were like mm-hmm. f- good to go, but so much traffic. But anyways, um, yeah, I was at Proud Mary this morning. If anybody knows Proud Mary, just mm. dude, they they slap. They have I don't know. They're just doing everything so so beautifully. Um, I had a fourteen dollar pour over. It's kind of bonkers. I just looked at that and I'm like. That's, that's just wild. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I wish coffee was valued this way, mm-hmm. like on a front direct to consumer yeah. way. And I feel like their pour overs have been getting more and more expensive every time that I've like their max high, most expensive yeah. one has been uh, getting more and growing in that. But anyways, it reminds me a lot about with this, but um, they almost had an all anaerobic, all natural menu. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of washed geishas, which I wanted to get, but they were very tea-like. And I was like, ah, not kind yeah, of my yeah, cup that's of tea. not your thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I will say their naturals and whatever they're doing, whoever they're sourcing from, is probably some of the cleanest out hmm. there. They're also doing all the coffees in the freezer, right? Yeah. The hoppers yeah. are in the freezer. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty bonkers. I was looking at. I don't that know today. if I. I don't think I've been there with those hoppers. Yeah, oh, dude. Because the last time I've been there was well over two years yeah. ago. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, no, three they, years ago, maybe yeah. more, because it was before I lived here. I haven't been there oh, since yeah. we moved, so they yeah. haven't had those hoppers up there. Yeah, that's yeah. But they've 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 they have some interesting stuff going on. But anyways, so I was gone for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um. Just doing work stuff because once again, folks, <laughs> um, we honestly just have normal jobs outside of this. Uh, Hard to believe, fun, but which is yeah. cool, yeah. But that's the reality of it. I was shooting uh, like a seven-day project going down the West Coast. Um, it was a good time. Honestly, felt like felt like work. But uh, a couple days ago, I was like, I honestly can't wait to get home and work. Mm. it felt weird because it felt like a vacation but i'm like wait i've been working this whole time yeah we've literally been on the road shooting driving shooting driving mm-hmm. but i was like i kind of can't wait to go to come back home and work because i feel like this vacation <laughs> yeah which is weird 
Um, maybe because I missed change it. of location, yeah, you're moving, everything's yeah. happening, yeah. Not to say I'm for not, sure. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely tired. So yeah. But anyways, how? Well, what's that? What was that like? Because you also worked full time, yeah. more than full time, and then we're doing some roasting. Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy two weeks. One at Makeworth, it's been super busy because of finals. Uh, students are studying and just so busy. And then um, both me and uh, Micah are taking some time off. So our schedules were like stacked up. I worked nine days in a row. Uh, Micah worked, I think, seven or eight days in a row. And we were just maxed. And majority of the time, it's just Micah and I behind the bar um, with the volume of what it would be on a weekend with three people behind the bar. So I, won't, I wouldn't say we're, we were short-staffed. We were just like not prepared for yeah. how many people would show up to do finals in the cafe. Um, so to a degree, things are looking like this normal of like, you know, pre-COVID volume of people within a short amount of time. So it's so busy there at the cafe. And then I'm trying to crank out a new summer menu. Yeah. Um, and then all in the while, looking at our Shopify account, looking at the orders, fulfilling orders, and then uh, heading to the roastery and throwing in a batch. Like that one day I roasted till past 1 a.m. So after a nine-hour shift at the cafe, literally nine, it was such a wild day. Nine hours, went home, ate some food, went to the gym for an hour, and went from the gym to the roastery and roasted till 1 a.m., came home, went to bed, and woke up to open up the cafe. So it was wild, like, but it was a ton of fun, too, because, like, roasting that many, because I normally don't roast that many batches back to back to back, Um, and then plus my computer (laughs) and all the fun stuff of, like, trying to calibrate. So it was tricky, fun, exciting, something new for me, and I felt like majority of the time I was just pumping and riding on adrenaline because the next thing you got to do, you got to do, you got to do. Yeah. Well, one of the times I went to ship coffees and left the house from, I think, just your office at the roastery and um, went from there to the roastery, came back, and our mom was awake, and she's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) She was so confused. She's like, didn't make any sense. She's like, what are you still doing here? Yeah. That was super fun. Good experience. Yeah. That's 10 out of 10. (laughs) <laughs> i mean now you have a month off yeah so literally so more can, paternity now, leave now you have some uh some vacay hours yeah um but i'm stoked because i mean you're also leaving flying out to jacksonville good old jacksonville will be um across florida so flying into tampa staying there a few days um and then flying uh driving from tampa to Jacksonville. If, I mean, anyone who's listening knows the geography of Florida. It's basically coast to coast. So I'm going from the Gulf to the Atlantic coast and I'll be driving through Orlando. Definitely going to hit up cafes in Orlando. I mean, I'll be hitting up cafes everywhere, but going to go to the classic spots in Tampa, St. Pete, going to hang out with my friend Steve. I'm um, go to, um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Steve. Shout out to Steve. You know, if you yeah. know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's Bandit in St. Pete. Then um, there's a ton of good stuff like Union, Communion Co. Um, probably going to get some coffee from, uh, shoot, just blinked on that roasting company. 
Um, they're another pretty decently big roasting company started by one of the uh, bandmates in Under Oath. Maxwell Mooney knows them, I think, because we we were talking about, that's how I was talking about narratives from one of the podcasts that they were on. Man, what, what are they called? I can see their logo. It's the one with the alligator. Come on, folks. Anybody, chime in the comments. <laughs> I know this isn't a live, but I kind of wish it was. I'm like, dude, help me out here. Yeah. We need a fact checker. But anyway, um, go there, then um, probably hit up Lineage. You were at Lineage. You yeah, enjoyed Lineage. Lineage was a good time. I yeah. liked it there. Yeah, I'm going to try to hit them up, their roasting company. And then Classic in Jacksonville, I was just talking to Grant at Bold Bean, and he's like, dude, are you going to be here uh, on Thursday? Because you can join our production cupping. So I may jump into oh, a production dude. cupping there. That's a vibe. Um, hoping to. I got to make it, make sure my schedule is aligned yeah. for, to make it there on time. But yeah, and then cruise around, you know, St. Augustine, going to try to nice. hit a couple of waves, you know, mm. surf a little. It's only been three years or two and a half years yeah. since I battled out. So, Dude, are you going to snag a smash a little UFO? Dude, well, Dude, of course we're going to go there. Dude, the taco shop. Dude. Shout out to the taco shop. Oh, that would be dude. a good sponsor for the this, podcast. Oh, dude. Dude, be, that's a sponsor I would... Dude, so tasty, dude. So good, man. Yeah. I just don't... I can't remember. Like, it, I, I can remember. It's hard to forget such an experience the first time Sergi took me when I was visiting. Mm. Um, they literally have what they call as a UFO, which is almost like a Taco Bell Crunchwrap. Kind of. Kind of. But it's like on steroids. Yeah. It's like insane. Bonkers. It's a heavy meal, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's, I'll tell you that. Ward, our buddy Ward, one time ate a UFO and we decided to paddle out an hour later and he didn't make it past the breaker before the UFO was in the water. <laughs> Dude, it was wild. Oh, man. Oh. Too wild. That's bonkers. Yeah. Wow. Some good food. Oh I'm excited. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, that's that's fun. Uh yeah, so we um that being said, like we're always hitting up cafes mm-hmm. uh wherever we go. That's the first thing that I look for going to a new city. And although going to a new city, going to San Francisco, I've been to San Francisco a couple times. Um, so I'm fairly familiar with their coffee scene, but they actually had like, I actually did two polls. I did a poll on the Mirror Coffee Roasters Instagram and a poll on my personal Instagram. And uh, some of the most popular ones I went and visited, um, which was uh, Sight Glass. Mm-hmm. I had a couple like people say St. Frank's um, and then um, a couple people. Well, someone said Andy Town. Mm-hmm. Somebody said Four Barrel, I think. Someone trolled me, said Starbucks. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, like I think, uh, you know, going visiting them, this is kind of what I would say is probably my top three coffee roasting companies, cafes in San Francisco. So if you're in San Francisco, maybe you live there and you haven't tried this out or you're traveling there, this mm-hmm. is what I would say. Um, my all-time favorite, which... We'll probably be sipping on their coffee on the next podcast or something. Um, it's uh, St. Frank's. Yeah. Uh, St. Frank's coffee is, man, everything they do is just absolutely incredible. Like from their sourcing to their to their um, uh, just business model to their relationship coffees yeah. to their roasting, uh, the quality of their coffees. Like 
I'm not gonna lie, I was there four times in one weekend, and every time it was just like dialed, yeah. clean, like beautiful, like everything from the espresso to the cappuccino that I had to the pour overs to even the Kenyan iced coffee was like pretty good. Like, yeah. Um, and so like that, that was a tremendously beautiful experience. And I also took bag, took a bag of coffee home. Yeah. I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think that's a Honduras. Um, and that Honduras, yeah. I think I had also on pour over mm-hmm. there. Dude, it was just so good. Like, Dude, everything you've brought before, even before this trip, that you've brought to yeah. just brought home and that I've sipped on, it's been so good. So and not only their coffee, like their presentation, like yeah. love their coffee bag design. They've been like a influence and inspiration to us. Yeah. Um, love those little cards. Dude, the cards have just been so excellent. cool. Like with yeah. every bag, you get like a little card. It's like a almost like a like a what do they call them? Um, uh, like a postcard. Yeah. And it's so producer origin focused. And we, excuse me, we love that. Like, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing one hell of a job out there. So if you're around there, if you're visiting, St. Frank's is where to go. Um, also, the second spot, I think, was just amazing. Um, it was the Coffee Movement uh, Cafe. It's a small little multi-roaster. It's very tiny. It's like the... You know, like a like a corner of a room almost. Dang. Super yeah. small, just enough. And they have like a mod bar, mod bar setup, so it's very compact. Uh, they were serving Onyx Coffee Lab, Black and White, and Coffee Collective from Denmark. Nice. And man, once again, like their batch, their drip was so dialed, so yeah. beautiful. Their espresso was just wonderful, like... No complaints, no nothing. Yeah. Really cool guys. And what they had was, it's cool because they have such a small space. Right outside, like they had the sidewalk, they had a couple benches. And then they had like a small, I don't even know what to call it. It wasn't a truck. It was like an old school. um, Like a flatbed movers from what I kind of saw it on um, your IG. Yeah, I took a photo of it and posted about it. It was very cool. It's just such a unique concept. And that kind of creativity, I think, is needed in the uh in the coffee industry just yeah. more fun stuff and there was just like a bunch of newspapers and people just crowded around this truck Chilling. with their coffees and Dude, that's we cool. chatted we talked with like the people around us read the newspaper like yeah just such a good vibe and then compared that with like world-class coffee like yeah. dude that, that sounds incredible dude yeah sounds like a multi-roaster done right oh yeah yeah i mean that and could, you were saying they were pretty busy Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People coming in, um, so it was good. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think the third and last one that I would say is uh, a solid one was probably have to go with. Uh, oh man, it's tough. Probably have to go with side glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, very classic. Very um, just like you know, it is what it Where is. Where are they in Oakland, San Francisco? They're San Francisco. They okay. have a couple, couple, couple locations. Uh, just solid, you know, yeah. solid brew. Like you're going to go there. It's going to be, it's going to be consistent. It's going to be good. It's going to be established. Um, and just are they like, a roasting company. Yeah, they are okay. a roasting nice. company. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just a super solid, you know, spot. Uh, I wouldn't say it was like anything like out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. but sometimes 
you don't necessarily need something out of the ordinary. No, yeah. It's just that basic goodness, which I'd yeah. like equate to, like, for example, like Woods Coffee. Like, right, yeah. their SOs are just really solid, good, sweet, but they're not also like this b- cool kids, you know, third yeah. wave yeah. coffee shop. So, dude, that's awesome. I think out of all, out of all those cafes that you shared and others that you experienced, what was one um, concept that really stuck out to you that was kind of the through line? Like all those awesome cafes you mentioned, Sight Glass, uh, was a coffee collective or? No, the coffee movement. The coffee movement. Yeah. They serve the coffee yeah. collective. And um, obviously St. Frank's, like between those three, what was one thing that held all three of them together that said, this is it. Like, this is what makes them great. I don't know if there was one unique thing like that was like a found shared in essence. all of them. Okay. I guess I, I don't want to say the shared essence was necessarily coffee. Yeah. That was all really great coffee. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go that far. Like, sure, I could. That's an easy that's way easy, out. Yeah. yeah. It's an yeah. easy way out. So I don't know. Uh, that's was what, it their creativity to how they presented their coffee was it um the atmosphere was it the aesthetic design was it i mean as basic as customer service they definitely did have like i mean now that you bring it up like aesthetic design like they were definitely were very creative beautiful spaces saint frank's Mm -hmm. is spectacular in there like i could shoot photos in there all day you know um the coffee movement just that little truck outside was was just insanely creative and Side glass just had this very actually their in their aesthetics inside. I was like, dude, if Mir opened up a cafe, mm. there's some inspiration I'd low key just snag out of out of here, you know? Um, yeah. which was which was kind of cool. Uh they also had like two sweet like keys machines, two two oh, group heads. Nice. I, I saw photos. Which, okay, which was pretty was which was pretty fun. Yeah. Um was that the same place where you took that photo of the EK? No. No. Was that St. Frank's? The EK was the St. Frank's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that photo sticks out. I don't know if it's the colors or the, the light. EK? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. It just it yeah. just seems so like perfect. The mood is there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. One hundred percent. Um. Yeah. So the, and then there's like a couple others. You know, like I went to Linea. Um. I went to Sextant Coffee Roasters, which is an Ethiopian owned. You can pour me some mm-hmm. as well. This is an Ethiopian-owned coffee roasting company. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was great. Like, I walked in, chatted with him with a little bit, um, and I instantly knew he was, like, the owner. Like, there's just sometimes you get this owner vibe that's like, man, this guy, he's working, like, he owns the place, but he's also very relational mm. and very relatable. And I love that. Like, and I think, like, I will say this, like I went to some cafes in San Francisco, which I won't name, that like the coffee was good, but the customer service was such Mm. a turnoff. And that's so unfortunate. Like, and at that point, I could care less actually how tasty your geisha was, how tasty your natural was. It just doesn't matter at that point after, you know, you were kind of just treated like, any yeah. any other custy, you know, any other yeah. customer. Um, it just sucks, you know? Yeah. But really walking into like Sextant and he they had an all Ethiopian menu, which makes sense because they're like he has family in Ethiopia mm-hmm. that's harvesting, that's exporting coffee. That's so dope. Um, which is super cool. But yeah, I just ordered a shot of espresso. He had a Ethiopian natural and washed blend. 
um, which is kind of funky and interesting. Yeah. But yeah, just, you know, had a shot of espresso. He came around from behind the bar, literally just had a conversation with me. And I'm like, I, I appreciate that. And it was not the tastiest shot ever. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say it was bad. It was good. Yeah. It was good, but it wasn't the tastiest. Uh, yeah. I'd probably give that to St. Frank's, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fortunately. Uh, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like that, I'm telling you, like customer service, and I even hate calling it customer service, but like just being good to people. Yeah. There's no price tag on that. I actually would take a lower coffee quality and a higher customer service experience mm-hmm. than an insane coffee experience and like a pretty crusty. Yeah. That, that's a conversation I, I have with all the baristas that make worth all the time. Is, yeah. and, and it's hard, especially if you are working in a high volume shop and there's a line for me at the door and there's like, like this last week or weekend that we had, yeah. like where it's Micah and I on bar and we know there's a line and, yeah. but we want to provide the best engagement as possible with our guests. And plus like being working so much you get to know these people so it's you're right it's not customer service they become like uh, and even guest service isn't the right terminology yeah, it's, it's so much more than that mm-hmm. because you're literally serving coffee to your friends and you want to spend time with your friends yeah. and there's that tension you know what i mean between a line out the door and wanting to hang out with a buddy yeah. and serve them coffee 100%. but when it meets and when it hits there's that connection that it doesn't matter your coffee becomes secondary and even though we in you know specialty coffee and third wave coffee we always talk about what is specialty because it's graded at like 80 and above it's driven with the idea of coffee quality but this interaction with someone who's drinking that 80 or plus is much deeper and has so much more value to that graded number than, you know, if it was a great coffee and horrible service. Oh, 100%. doesn't really matter at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, yeah, that's, that's so good. Um, and I think I, yeah, even in my early stages of getting into specialty coffee, I picked up on those things as well. Yeah. But yeah, like, man, you that experience and I get it, like, you're right, like, sometimes you can't do it because it's out the door. Yeah. But those cafes that I visited um, had no line whatsoever. <laughs> like, I was the only person in line. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like, I'm not, like, it's not going to bother me, but yeah, I kind of wish it was different. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is kind of a bummer, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but it just kind of shows to say that, you know, coffee is just not all about flavor and your extraction and your TDS and all this stuff, which kind of even goes for as far as like sourcing coffee. Right. Us buying green coffee is not just about finding the best coffee out there. Mm-hmm. You know, if we wanted to, we could literally, you know, go literally go and find scope out somehow, just get really amazing green in the in yeah. the roastery, but that's not quite the it's point. Not our primary yeah. focus. That's yeah. not the focus, and that there's such a deeper level. And I think when you can take care of those relational desires and um, have that be basis, mm-hmm. then the coffee I feel like starts to taste a lot different. It yeah. starts to actually taste good and yeah. rich, and there's a story. There's a there's a heart behind it. There's a um, I don't know. There's life to it rather yeah. than it's just transactional. Dude, that's it. 
That's so good. I 100% agree. It just it develops into so much richer than just a beverage. Um, and even though the beverage is still part of the experience, the overall connection between everything that we talk about from the consumer, I mean, not the consumer, from the producer to the consumer. And those are like those almost too businessy of terms. It's more than that because yeah. there's someone who grows a coffee and there's someone who drinks it. It's, yeah. They're all people in the value chain. But when all of those are like playing and it's almost like a dance when all of the, the parts are moving together in a very, very nice way. It 100%. just, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a nice experience. Yeah. For and sure. I love what you just said is just, it, they're all people. That's yeah. it. You know, just yeah. them being people is yeah. already should be enough. That's enough. For yeah. us to change how we view kind of doing business. Yeah. For sure. Cool, folks. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that little tour of San Francisco. Um, yeah, that's 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 a wrap that's for it. today. And yeah. uh, before uh, it all shuts off on us, we'll see you guys in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>